Good evening and welcome to the City View podcast with me, Andy Sylvester from the City AM Newsroom. Today I'll be joined by my colleagues Jack Barnett and Sasha O'Sullivan to discuss the latest ONS inflation print and what it means for Westminster. But for now, the headlines in the Square Mile this afternoon. FTSE 250 firm Indivior is on the march today after announcing plans to dual list in New York with shares up some 15%. The firm has bounced back from heavy losses suffered in 2020 to record what CEO Mark Crosley called strong financial results. Our preliminary view, he said, is that an additional US listing is likely to be beneficial to the group's profile and visibility as approximately 80% of the group's net revenue is generated in the US. We're aware that this is an important topic and the board and management intend to consult extensively with shareholders before concluding on any future path, he continued. Dare say that today's market reaction may push them down that path a little faster than they might have originally anticipated. Uh, Meanwhile, the Switzerland headquartered Financial Stability Board has raised the alarm about the threat posed by cryptocurrencies to the global economy. The FSB, which coordinates the work of national financial authorities and international standard-setting bodies, said that the surging adoption of digital assets and the growth of the crypto market into a 2.6 trillion asset class, yep, you heard that right, last year has a potential to create a host of stability risks. The FSB called on regulators worldwide to urgently draw up possible policy responses to the growing institutional adoption of crypto assets. They said markets are fast evolving and could reach a point where they represent a threat to global financial stability due to their scale, structural vulnerabilities, and increasing interconnectedness with the traditional financial system. Those of you that read The Economist's cover piece this week on uh, what happens if markets fail um, will have seen distinct concerns that crypto... um, it will only add to dangers posed by any kind of market fall. So we'll wait and see. Anyway, Heineken has warned today, if you needed a drink after that, Heineken, yes, the drinkers could cut back on beer as it prepares to hike its prices to offset soaring costs. The Dutch brewing giant said it's facing the worst inflation in a decade with sharp cost rises in commodities, energy and shipping. Rising prices may have the knock-on effect of leading to what they called softer beer consumption. Uh, shoppers feel the squeeze of a general rise in the cost of living. The Amstel and Bira Moretti Brewers delayed publishing its financial outlook for 2023 until later this year as spiralling inflation has clouded the outlook for the firm. The firm did, however, report a rise in revenues of 11.3% last year, while profits jumped by 80% to a cool €2 billion. Heineken boss Dolph van den Brink said the results were encouraging, despite the inflationary headwinds. And speaking of inflation, house prices claimed 0.8% between November and December of last year and 10.8% year-on-year. According to the latest UK house price index from the Office for National Statistics, the average price for property in the UK is now a cool 274000 Real estate experts did, however, say that the high rate of growth would likely let up in the coming months. Um, inflation is a good place to start when it comes to house prices, but there's inflation just about everywhere you look in the economy at the moment. Jack, new figures out of the ONS this morning. Give us the numbers. Yeah, so we mentioned yesterday that we'd probably be saying beating expectations again. Uh, they beat expectations again for the fourth <laughs> month running. Um, came in at 5.5%. Um, economists had been penciling in 5.4%, um, so that would have held steady from December's print. Uh, again, just, just some um, subcategories within that headline rate. So you've got energy prices are now up 23% on the year, clothing Prices up 6.3% on the year, which is actually not as much as it normally uh, It actually is a lot higher than it normally is because mm. uh, clothing retailers didn't actually cut their prices as much as they normally do during the January sales. Um, I think the point to say now is that, uh, you know, you had a, a reams and reams of economists after this morning's data saying that this is just more evidence 
um, the households are facing quite a, a multi-pronged hit to their living standards now. So you've got some economists saying that inflation is going to hit 7.9% in April. You've got looming tax hikes, higher interest rates, the deal with higher inflation, um, higher energy bills. You know, It all combines for a pretty nasty cocktail. Mm. It's going to squeeze budgets, probably going to put, trigger a pullback in spending. It's going to hit um, economic growth this year as well. Yeah, well, that does seem to be the sort of working consensus. Now, um, there were there's bad news. I mean, there's bad news for a lot of people today when it comes to inflationary figures, but bad news for um, for factories as well. Mm. Producer price inflation almost hitting double figures. Yeah, so this one's it's, this again. It's just more evidence that um, you know we've got further inflation spikes down the line. So. Um, we've got factory gate um, price inflation at 9.9% uh, over the year now, mainly driven by higher metals prices and um, oil prices as well. Um, the, the the thing to say about that is that factory, the goods that factories produce are used widely across the economy. So if they're going to hike prices, then it's going to kind of raise prices for every single business down the line. And eventually that is going to have to feed through to consumers as well, unless businesses are minded to say, well, we'll just absorb the, the mm. cost hikes, which I can't imagine they're going to do given the fact they're facing a national insurance hike as well. Yeah. Um, and that's a good point, actually, to um, to bring in Sasha O'Sullivan, our opinion and features editor. Cost of living, increasingly the political issue, um, party gate aside, and whether or not Boris gets his fine. Um, the Tories have said they're going to pull, you know, continue on with national insurance. So it doesn't look like that one is going away anytime soon. We've had the energy package. So there's questions about what more they can do, but it is going to be the political issue. Is this where Keir Starmer is going to start attacking the Tory party now? I mean, that is the problem. There is not a huge amount that Boris Johnson can do about inflation. You know, if he is sticking to his guns in the national insurance hike, then this is going to hit people across the spectrum. That There's not just low-income people who will be hurt by this, mm. but a lot of middle-income people. You talked about the cost of housing going up. Yeah. Um, and Keir Starmer is increasingly directing his criticism. He's He's almost kind of priced in the cost of the end of Boris Johnson's leadership <laughs> and he's trying to stick Rishi Sunak who I you know f- is probably his most threatening possible opponent yep. with the repercussions of the cost of living crisis and he's you know at, at PMQ's last week we saw him attacking Rishi Sunak as the loan shark chancellor mm. rather than necessarily going straight after Boris Johnson it's almost like he's given up on Boris as a bad job um and you know but Boris was voted in with more more low-income voters voted for the Conservatives than Labour for one of the first times mm. ever in the 2019 election. Um, and there is there is considerable discontent in that group of 2019 MPs. Um, and as as their constituents struggle to mm. afford things, more they will receive more and more criticism of both Boris Johnson and I suspect Rishi Sunak. There are some who think that Rishi Sunak has managed to carve himself away from the prime minister mm. enough to escape the worst of it but it, it it hasn't really begun to bite yet there was i think there was a period of time where rishi was bringing himself away from the prime minister mm. um precisely until the point that everybody started 
pointing it out. Mm. Um, and clearly word went out from number 10 to number 11 that it might be quite useful to see the Chancellor and the Prime Minister together. And then so they were in the Sunday Times. Yeah, the joint byline yes. article in the Sunday Times showing that they will be forever. They're welcome to write an our opinion section Tied together. together. Why? Well, <laughs> <laughs> wait and see. If they're confirming a tax rise in City AM, they yeah. may be in the wrong, maybe <laughs> maybe in the wrong organ. Um, We'll come back to your session in a sec about what wiggle room they've got. But Jack, actually, inflation also affects mm. Rishi Sunak's wiggle room, wiggle yep. room when it comes to any goodies down the line. Yeah, so, you know, if Rishi is to become the new leader of the Tory party, um, a large part of that, well, he's going to be banking on quite a large part of his election hopes of um, cutting taxes and the run-up mm. to the next election now. Uh, we've had some pretty stark warnings out today from the IFS, who are pretty good at this sort of stuff, um, have said that um, the retail price index, which is used to calculate how much um, the government pays on its uh, stock of debt, um, is could be about £10 billion higher this year than what the OBR pendants were in at the budget in October. Um, now, they've not explicitly come out and said that it's going you know, to cull the fiscal headroom, um, wiggle room that um, Sunat's got to cut taxes in the round to election, but you know, it's not the signs aren't pointing pointing in the right direction and people were saying that inflation's gonna go even higher. And it's you know, it's poignant to point out that the RPI is always higher than the CPI, mm. which at you know, at any single time, if you've got inflation running at about seven point nine percent, the RPI could be above ten percent and that's gonna feed into much higher debt servicing costs, which is definitely gonna squeeze Sunak's room. Yeah, indeed. And that's room that's been vaguely promised, Sasha, hasn't it, to the backbenchers when mm. the national insurance hike was being discussed. It was very much sort of this is for the health service. It's an emergency levy. Obviously, it will stay mm. on the books. But there was sort of a wink, wink and a nod, nod in the budget, as I recall, um, that before the next election, tax cuts would be on the way. Mm. That was the sweetener. You mm. can eat this tax mm. hike. Don't worry. By the time you go to the we go to the polls in 2023 or 2024, you'll be able to tell your mm. constituents, actually, we've cut taxes. Um, it places the Tory part in a bit of an awkward position. But more broadly, it places the UK economy in a really weird position where both political parties suddenly become, become tax hikers. Is there still that backbench caucus of Tories who are you know, low tax, free market, or have they just decided actually, you know, we are attached to the Boris Johnson ship and we'll see how far it can go? No, I think that there is an incredible amount of scepticism on the backbenchers about the amount of spending that Boris Johnson has committed to. And also I think there's, I think if there had been a very clear policy aim that might have been forgiven, but instead we had this very amorphous piece, white paper on mm. leveling up um which made a lot of backbench MPs kind of doubt the virtue in the spending so perhaps mm. they might have been able to forgive him for a reason but I, I you know you've got the Steve Bakers you've got all of these people who are pushing for a different way of looking at the economy because they're saying well this isn't conservative this isn't what we do mm. um and then you have someone like Liz Truss who is trying very very hard to make herself look like Margaret Thatcher both <laughs> philosophically and physically yeah um trying to kind of fill that gap and appeal to that part of the and and, and it, it is quite it will be if we if and when we eventually get there quite an interesting Tory leadership thing because it will be a split between do we trust Rishi to cut taxes mm. eventually or do we just go back to our roots and find someone who will cut them now indeed oh, that's the interesting question i mean Liz Truss, of course was on lbc the other day slightly going off message i think it's fair mm. to say by 
saying that the national insurance hike was largely due to pay back yeah. um, COVID debts, which is not, as far as I understand it, the official line. Um, but perhaps some truth in that. Um, Sasha O'Sullivan, Jack Barnett, thanks for joining me today. Uh, we've got a paper to put out, but that's all from us at the City View podcast. Um, we'll see you again tomorrow.